0: What's up, guys? This is Miles Markowitz. And this is Brad Thomas. Here to give you the best sports insights to beat your football. You only need to ask one question. What's the spread? All right, we are back on another episode of What's the Spread for another action-packed Saturday of college football. Miles on sports here, Mr. Brad Thomas. It's good to be back with you. Haven't uh, talked to the since the Ohio State Notre Dame game, uh, but here we are. I got to tell you, man. Looking ahead at the games, this is a pretty damn good slate we got.
1: Yeah, it is. It's uh, it's funny because like I figure by this time in the week, I probably have like six bets loaded. Um, right now I have three. Um, because there's so many good games that I feel like you know I need to dissect a little bit extra. Um, but whenever we have the Red River rivalry, it's an exciting time, and then we actually have like meaningful games like Kentucky at Georgia. I feel like if this would have happened last season. No one would have even thought twice about betting on Kentucky.
0: Yeah, and now it might be one of the most fun games to bet on of the day because I know that Georgia-Auburn game was pretty fun to bet on. Yes. Uh, because it's fun to see parity. And now we kind of see where all these teams are at and a lot of flaws are coming out. But let's go ahead and start with the Oklahoma and Texas game. Uh, we talk about the Red River shootout every single season, it feels like. Uh, last year was a little bit different. Texas completely blows out Oklahoma. This is the first time these two teams have met in this game undefeated uh, for the first time since, I think, 2008, uh, which is hard to believe. But we've got Texas as six-point favorites over Oklahoma here. My first inclination was to immediately take the points because of the history of this rivalry, because of the history of this game. It's come down to so many close calls in the past. But I ended up on the side of Texas, even if this line were to move to six-and-a-half, I'm still going to take the Longhorns here. Now, mind you, Oklahoma has had a very good season very (laughs) quietly. They score a lot of points, uh, but they're still having issues that I've seen in the defense. They're still having issues on the offensive line, on the defensive line. Texas continues to show me that they are the real deal. And ever since their win in Tuscaloosa, at Alabama, this team is loaded with talent. We were worried about them not being physical. We worried about them not being able to run the ball. They're fine. That's they're, they're doing all that and more. They're balanced. They're balanced on both sides of the football. I think it's going to be much lower scoring than we think. And I think because of that, it gives a big edge to the Longhorns. So I am writing
1: Texas here minus six. I'm on Texas as well. Um, I don't think I was super excited to go ahead and bet on Oklahoma. Taking the points in a rivalry game always seems like a good idea. But when I was digging in, I, I got a lot of flack for what I'm about to say. I said that Texas's defense is elite. I don't know if I ever point at any point in my life I was going to say that ever again. But their third and defensive success rate, um, they're like top ten in net points per drive. They've done a great job in making okay quarterbacks look like they should probably play elsewhere. I know they played against Jason Bean, which I'm not going to give them too much credit for. But he has been a serviceable quarterback for Kansas. Um, whenever Daniel's been out, uh, made Milro look uh, super terrible. Um, J.T. Daniels, the uh, the the, the Vander Pump or whatever his name is of college football, he um, he looked pretty bad for Rice. I think that the biggest problem for Oklahoma is going to be Texas' defensive line. Though it's a strong defensive line, they're not not going to allow Brooks to kind of get free um, and make big plays. It's going to be a lot of Dylan Gabriel having to use his arms. Um, I, I didn't even look at this before, but I know that. Uh, Brent Venables focuses a lot on for, uh, early down success rate. Um, offensively, they're only 42nd in the country um, in early down uh, success rate uh, versus Texas's 15th on defense. Um, but on defense, they're 11th in the country versus Texas's 31st. I just think that's going to be funny to watch play out. I didn't use that those metrics to handicap this game at all since it wasn't that big of a disparity. But I think Texas has a good chance to blow them out. Uh, they've been running the ball well. Uh, Adonai Mitchell, uh, the transfer from Georgia finally had his first big game. And then of course they have Xavier Worthy and Quinn Ewers.
0: You mentioned Dylan Gabriel too, and we've been following DG for a while. Yeah. Uh, and he puts up big numbers, but what does he tend to do in those big games? He tends to shrivel up, right? He tends yeah. to shrink a little bit, not to say he's not going to put up big numbers because he will, but I'm telling you, DG loves to turn the ball over in big games. It's just what he does. Um, no, I so agree. I, I'm, and especially like you said, with how well Texas defense is playing, This could be a 10, 14-point win for Texas. I think that they're the real deal. All right, Brad, what do you think about the number one team in the country in the AP poll, the Georgia Bulldogs, the two-time defending national champions? They are playing Kentucky at home this week, and the spread is 14 and a half. So what are your thoughts on Georgia so far?
1: Man, I feel like uh, everyone else um, wants Georgia to be dropped down. Everyone else wants to – find reasons to dislike Georgia. Um, And I'm only speaking this because I've been in that spot of being a back-to-back national champion or winning two championships in in two out of three seasons where you don't care what people think. You don't care what your team looks like as long as you're winning games. And it's everyone else who is kind of on there. I don't care what they look like, really. It's not something that's bothering me. It's not something that I think is going to affect my handicap uh, moving forward. I actually am going to take Georgia minus 14 and a half. Uh, reason being, I think that had Georgia not been playing uh, as poorly as they had, excuse me, with Georgia playing as poorly as they have, why are we getting a line that's 14? I think the line's pretty much telling us something. I think the line is telling the story here. Kentucky's going to travel on the road. Kentucky's got some, some pretty impressive wins. They've played all right, but this is their first tough road environment where they have to come into Athens and, and, and proved that they can knock off the number one team in the country. As long as Brock Bowers is getting loose the way he is, I'm going to keep siding with Georgia. I think they cover the spread. 14 and a half seems like a big number, but the home team has a chance to win by 20 plus.
0: Yeah, I'll be really upset at myself if I end up losing this one. I'm going to go with Kentucky plus 14 and a half here. And again, I, I, I could have changed my mind. Uh, I, I could have flipped, but I didn't. Watching that Georgia and Auburn game, and I know that it was on the road, but Auburn is such a mid-level, mid-tier team right now. And for the first time in a very long time, I have seen obvious flaws in the Georgia football team. Not to say that they're going to lose this game or even threaten to lose this game because they will not. But the defensive line is not what it used to be. Peyton Thorne was running over this Georgia Bulldog defense. It just – in case you don't know, us, the transfer from Michigan State. Um, I think Kentucky's going to be able to run the ball. And I think that that's something that Kentucky has wanted to do in this game for many years, but just haven't been able to do it. And that's really been the missing piece for them to be even slightly competitive in a matchup like this. But they're going to be able to run the ball and they're going to be able to control the clock. And the other thing that makes me more comfortable, too, is, is the rule changes have uh, given an opportunity to teams like Kentucky to shorten the game even more, which I think is exactly something that Mark Soups is going to do. So I'm going to go ahead and take Kentucky here, plus 14 and a half. Carson Beck has looked just okay. Uh, without, Brock, uh, without Brock Bowers, I think Georgia loses that game last week. Um, I, and I just hope that Bowers doesn't go off for 200 yards and three touchdowns.
1: Yeah, that would be like one of those situations you're on Kentucky and you're wondering, why the hell is Kentucky down 21? You look at the score sheet, Brock Bowers already has two touchdowns and the game's only halfway through. Yeah, and it very well could happen.
0: All right, let's go ahead and stay in the SEC. We've got uh, another ranked matchup here, even though LSU should not be ranked. They still are somehow, Um, and Maryland isn't, but that is a story for another day. We got LSU. They are five-point favorites now. This is a very uh, recent line. Five-point favorites going on the road at Missouri. I've seen LSU as high as six-and-a-half here, five-and-a-half here um, in that range. No matter what it is, uh, Brad, this is another scenario where I'm going with the dogs – I'm taking Missouri, whether it's five, five and a half, six, six and a half. I might even put a little bit on Missouri money line. Here's the thing. LSU keeps getting disrespect, and they keep getting the rankings, and they keep getting the favorable lines for what? I mean, I bet against LSU last week. I took almost Miss plus two and a half, and I felt Same. really good about it. Um, and I was so happy when that game ended because that was one of the bets I was so proud of because I didn't fall in the trap of taking LSU. Uh, like I almost did because I almost did. There are problems in this LSU secondary right now. There are problems in the entire LSU defense. Jaden Daniels can only do so much. Um, but this is this is not a typical LSU defense, and I think that, that there are a lot of issues. Uh, not to say that I think Missouri is a great team. They are coming into this game undefeated. They're tough to beat at home. Remember, they, almost, they were literally a player or two away from beating Georgia last year in that game. So the line continues to shrink, uh, but no matter where it ends up, I'm going to go with the dogs here. I'm going to go with Missouri.
1: I'm taking Missouri as well. Uh I, I'm gonna lock in plus five and a half. Uh two names that, you know, the casual fan's not gonna know. Uh Brady Cook, Luther Burden, uh, two guys that have pretty much catapulted this program. Uh, I'm gonna pronounce his name wrong, Drinkwitz, the quarter, the coach, has done a phenomenal job of making these two these two players excel at what they're good at. Uh Burden's a great safety blanket, but also can take the top off of defense. And Cook has been efficient and strong. Uh LSU is like somewhere in the 120th range in that secondary when i did my preseason breakdown on them i said their biggest worry was going to be that secondary miles when i said that i was thinking like it's going to be a little bit of a worry no it is a massive worry uh getting points here feels nice um if you want to talk about props i'm probably gonna take burden over 100 receiving yards probably gonna take malik neighbors over 100 receiving yards and probably gonna take Jaden daniels over 65 rushing yards a lot of the casual fan
0: base doesn't know how tough
1: it is to play at Missouri as well, especially when yeah. they're
0: playing this well. And you brought up Eli Drinkwitz. Uh, building a program here uh, very silently, they have been killing it on the recruiting trail. Yes. Like I said, almost knocking off Georgia last year who, uh, you know, ended up obviously ended up winning the national championship. They were literally one or two plays away. Uh, Missouri coming into this game undefeated. I like this spot. I like this spot for the Tigers a lot. So uh, glad we're on the same page here. All right. Let's go ahead and wrap it up with uh, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish who are in the midst of a brutal stretch of scheduling, and I feel like they're handling it very well. They are going on the road at Louisville. Notre Dame is sitting at minus 6.5. Uh, if you got to watch that Notre Dame and Duke game last week, uh, it was a good game. It was. Uh, but really what that told me is is that I didn't learn anything differently about Notre Dame than I had when I watched them against Ohio State because I think Duke is a pretty good team. I think it yeah. was a really tough place to play that night. I, I don't know how I, – I, you know, honestly, Brett, I'll stay here. I don't know how good Duke is, but I do know how good Ohio State is. For Ohio State to go into Notre Dame and take that game away, I know that the Irish uh, have that identity that they've been looking for. And I know they have the quarterback they've been looking for in Sam Harton. And I know they have this awesome running game in S.T.M.A. who uh, had the walk-off touchdown last week against Duke. Uh, I still like what I see from the defense – And here's the thing. I'm a huge fan of Louisville and what they're doing right now. But I took Notre Dame last week. I know you did, too. I took Notre Dame last week on the road against Duke, and they won me money. So I'm going to roll it back, take Notre Dame again here to cover a tough, tough spread at Louisville, which is going to be a really, really difficult game.
1: No way that we have this spread is almost the exact same against a Louisville team, who I think is a step below. And that's no knock on Jeff Brom, no knock on Jack Plummer. Um, But I'm going to take Notre Dame here. When I was watching Louisville last week, um, NC State was getting all kinds of pressure um, on the Cardinals and making Plummer's life difficult. It took a lot for them to come out and end up winning that game against North Carolina State. I think Notre Dame's defensive line is really strong. I think they're going to get a lot of pressure on the quarterback, and I think Plummer's going to make some mistakes. If you watch that North Carolina State game, he made some mistakes. If you watch the game before that, he did not make mistakes because he was playing a nobody. Uh, While well, he's playing Boston College, but the game before that, he made some more mistakes. I think for Notre Dame to cover against Duke also ties into this bet, too, because they're without their number one and number two wide receivers. If they get Thomas or um, Great House back this week, I expect them to win this by double digits. I use that phrase a lot, but this is one of those where I don't mind playing an alt-line of 10. But, man, if Louisville win this game and they win this bank game convincingly, you might as well put some money on Louisville to win the ACC because Florida State's looked vulnerable. Clemson's pretty much out of it. It's going to be Louisville versus uh, Louisville trying to figure out what's going to what's going to be good with their team. But I don't think not in year one, not in year one with Brom is Louisville going to win? All right, we're on the same side for three out of four
0: games. I like it. I will take those odds and I will take that money.
1: Yeah. Anybody who's watching on YouTube, make sure you press the like buttons, ring the bell. If you're listening in podcast form, rate and subscribe. Miles Markowitz. I'm Brad Thomas. Best of luck this week. Take care.